Are you tuned? Are you out there? Wait, is this my thoughts getting through? Marvin, are you there? I'm here. Are wait, you, are wait, are we hearing each other? Oh no. Has the fourth wall broken down? This might fix it. Mind body health soon. Marvin, did we make it? Are we here? Is it mind body health? Yeah, I'm just I didn't know Sweet Caroline, you know, it's an it's an unusual morning cob. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Okay. Yeah. This is Mind Body Health, everybody. My name's Cobb. Our host is Dr. Marvin Trotter. Take it okay. away. We have a fantastic guest for you today, folks. Yes, we're going to talk to Dr. Charles Baugh, who's a resident here in Ukiah. And um, we're going to talk about children, nutrition, how to have a healthy kid. And he knows all about it. So, Dr. Baugh. Hi, Charles. How's it going? Okay, how did you get to Ukiah? <laughs> um, so I uh, grew up in Oregon. Um, went to school in Sherwood, Oregon. Uh, graduated from there. Uh, went to Oregon State. Um, got a degree in nutrition down there. And then um, made my way up to OHSU eventually, Oregon Health Science Universities there. Um, after being in Oregon for 31 years, I uh, wanted to get out and try something new and uh, found the lovely residency in Ukiah there. Um, drove through back last October um, and fell in love with uh, Mendocino County. So, um, And you like all the faculty and the community responsive you know community connection etc yeah 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 it was a huge draw for the program for me um the faculty here are phenomenal they all come from really great uh family medicine residencies themselves um and they were a very big draw for me uh part of one of my questions when i was interviewing was why should i choose this program over where you went for training and i just love their responses and i think they really want to build a great training program for us residents here um Additionally, um, you know, the community involvement here has been phenomenal. Um, I think one of the big things for me was looking at a residency that actually made an impact um, on the community. And some of the faculty were telling me that people were waiting six to nine months for a primary care appointment before the residency came along. And that is true. I think the residency program is the um, godsend for primary care in several counties. You know, the unusual thing about talking to you on in the car on the way over was your nutrition degree. That's very unusual. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> for me, I was uh, taking classes at Portland State while I was uh, working as a line cook uh, <laughs> at Newport Seafood Grill in Portland, uh, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and I remember one class in particular um, – I was really impacted by learning about the childhood obesity and uh, di type 2 diabetes uh, epidemic in the U.S. How, <clears throat> you know, the rates of obesity in kids and diabetes has just grown significantly uh, two to threefold over the last couple decades and has worsened during the pandemic now. But that, that really made an impact on me and I wanted to make um, an impact for kids and for individuals um, on a community level and a uh, personal level. So I went down to Oregon State and was working on getting a registered dietetics degree there. Uh, wanted to be a registered dietitian. Um, 
but I actually did better in school than I thought I was going to. <laughs> and uh, uh, medical school actually became an option for me um, and was something that I pursued because I felt like I could make an impact in my community, both on an individual and community level. So um, I've never met somebody that went to medical school that had a nutrition degree first because I was sort of appalled when I think back to medical school. I got I did not have one class on nutrition. Hmm. Four years of medical school, not one class on nutrition. It just yeah, amazing. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's gotten much better since you went you went to school. Uh, <laughs> I think we had uh, two days of learning all the vitamins and macronutrients when <laughs> when I was going through okay. medical school. So, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. All right, uh, I'm gonna hit us off with a nutrition question for you. Yeah. All the basic vitamins and minerals we see added to regular wheat bread or white bread or whatever, niacin, thiamin, riboflavin, all this stuff, yeah. what, what what can you tell us? Uh, well, I mean, so they were initially added uh, back when, uh, during the Great Depression, uh, individuals weren't able to get the nutrients that they needed from other sources, and so it was really enriching those, so... Uh, you know, there's a lot of really treatable diseases and illnesses that come when you're vitamin deficient or nutrient deficient. And part of the reason that they did that was so um, a majority of Americans were getting the the amount of vitamins and nutrients that they needed off of uh, just really easy to grab foods. And that's what they needed at the time. It was a big deal with pregnancy also. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of problems with women not having these nutrients for pregnancy. Oh, wow. And that's just played out? It's pretty standard now? Is it yeah, healthy? I think it's pretty standard now. Um, you know, I still think that uh, a lot of individuals aren't getting the recommended amounts of fruits and vegetables. There's lots of areas that don't have good sources of fruits and vegetables. And so, um, you know, now it helps protect, like Dr. Trotter was saying, against uh, early pregnancy issues. Uh, allows kind of the neurodevelopment uh, in the first six weeks if you... Um, may not have a confirmed pregnancy yet and you don't really know and you haven't been getting all the nutrients that you need uh, those nutrients in the cereals and breads uh, can help replace that a little bit well so. huh. neat history there i thought one of the interesting things we were talking about how to get your fruits and vegetables oh yeah so you know uh, getting fruits and vegetables um, can be i think for in some spots, it can be difficult uh, prices-wise. Uh, uh, you know, if you're shopping through fruits and vegetables, you don't necessarily have to go through the organic section where everything's $4.99 a pound. Uh, you can definitely, say, you know, if you're trying to be a little bit more cost-effective, uh, you can just buy your regular fruits and vegetables. Uh, but for some places, uh, you know, there just isn't a great uh, production of fruits and vegetables or a great selection of fruits and vegetables. And if that's the case, um, you know, fruit or frozen fruits and vegetables and then even dried fruits and vegetables are actually uh, good sources as well. Um, as far as frozen goes, there's similar nutrient values um, to raw fruits and vegetables and then dried fruits. It's a little bit less, but uh, you're still getting a good source of fiber and uh, the nutrients that are in there as well. I recently was eating a lot of frozen blueberries. 
uh, on most anything. And I actually got addicted to dried mangoes at one point. Yeah. I couldn't go through the grocery store and not get the dried mangoes. Is was there something about dried mangoes that I was just... Uh, dried mangoes a little bit. Sometimes they add a little sugar to some of those, oh, so you gotta okay, you gotta maybe, look at the maybe. ones that you're grabbing as okay. far as uh, as far so, as the dried fruits go. Somehow. So mango, they add a lot of a lot of sugar to. Maybe most that's of the time, what it was. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it is uh, without the sugar, it's still delicious dried. So okay. So I suppose you know to to kind of begin with being a family practice doctor. And you say a, a registered nutritionist? Uh, so I, I don't actually have my registered dietetic uh, degree. I have a nutrition degree. I didn't go and do the one-year internship after college. Mm. Um, Got it. But, but he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> right. So how do those intersect in a way that makes you a bit different with your family practice? You know, I think some of the goals that I have in the future for myself are, um, I think more community involvement as far as uh, teaching group classes on, on what are some good healthy meals that you can cook together as a family um, you know still still make it edible <laughs> if you if you're not the biggest fan of, uh, of vegetables uh, looking at ways that you can increase the the content of those meals and the nutrients in those meals without making them high carb high sugar and um, so that's that's one of the goals that I have for myself in the future. Um, and then I think other things are just dietary counseling. Uh, how can we how can we alter your diet a little bit in incremental ways that isn't a huge life changing uh, <laughs> alteration? You know, because those uh, getting you know just starting restrictive diets like we were talking about, Dr. Trotter, uh, restrictive diets and other kind of fad diets. Those, those take a lot of mental energy um, and are difficult to follow through with. And I think if you make incremental changes um, throughout your diet and have a little bit of help along the way, somebody who's kind of holding you accountable at these uh, visits and whatnot, uh, just checking in with you, seeing how you're doing can make a huge difference. One of the things that he was talking about uh, that I, you know, child obesity, 50% of fifth graders in Ukiah Unified or overweight or obese. Mm -hmm. And I'd like him to talk about, you know, that if you're 12 years old, you're behind the eight ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think what we've seen is um, with childhood obesity, that, and uh, especially if that ends up leading to type 2 diabetes, um, you end up having a lot of adverse health effects when when you're an adult um, even by the time you reach 18 you could have high blood pressure you could have type 2 diabetes um, and then you know if you just continue down that path for the rest of your life you're looking at really severe health diseases uh, by the time you're 30 or 40. So can you step back and, and just start us off with kind of a basic nutrition 101 and, and look at what your understanding of a pretty common diet is, what a more ideal diet is, and, and how that relates and what's going on there for people that don't even understand the concept of you know nutrition. Yeah. Um, so I always like to bring it back to kind of the food pyramid or the food plate, right? So, um, you know, if you're looking at your plate, um, about half or two-thirds of it should be fruits or vegetables. Um, and then uh, if we're looking, if we're 
you know, meat eaters, then uh, about a third of it could be uh, meat that's the size of the palm of your hand. And those are kind of things that I think are tried and true if you kind of follow um, plating out your portions and uh, looking at your plate and seeing if it meets that, then I think you're looking at a, a pretty healthy diet there. What a common diet, I would say, is, is it's more half meat, a quarter to a third uh, simple carb like potatoes or high high energy food that doesn't have much nutrients and then maybe like some bad carrots on the side <laughs> uh, you know uh, not something that's like uh, something that is going to be appetizing especially to kids uh, or even adults for that matter you know uh, it's just something that people are scarfing down and having to push through um, so you know, I think if you're trying to make transitions, just simple ones is looking at what's on your plate um, and really trying for that goal of half to two thirds of salad or vegetables and then the other uh, or fruits. And then the other third of that is uh, a lean meat um, hmm. or um, a higher energy vegetable like eggplant. If you're vegetarian, that's what I can think eggplant. of. Eggplant. I love eggplant. Yeah. Um, one thing that I always try to tell people, and you can tell me if I'm wrong or not, is I tell people to eat more breakfast and lunch. That it's after 6 p.m. is where people really put the pounds on. Yeah, you know, I think that is uh, some good advice. I I think there have been studies as far as, um, you know, evening meal time eating. You're not burning as many calories. You're mainly just kind of prepping for bed, laying around. So your uh, the calories that you're burning significantly go down. So uh, if you eat a ton, like after six, seven, then you're probably going to be putting on more of that in weight eventually. Um, I think you know obviously having three meals a day if you can is is um, is important. Uh, but every individual's lives are a little bit different, and so uh, you really have to think about how much activity did I get today. Uh, I think is really important more so than what time you're eating, right? Uh, so if we're eating Dang. at 6 o'clock, but we've worked out and we've walked for 30 minutes or an hour, I think that's okay. And if that fits in your schedule, that's uh, that's what's important. Yeah, talk about more about the exercise, because sometimes I don't eat so well, but I try to go to the gym or bicycle, and that seems to have saved me. Yeah, yeah I think, uh, you know, getting, getting in a good walk... Uh, 30, 30 to 60 minutes a day for two or three days a week is a, is a good starting spot. Um, you know, walking is, uh, uh, is really beneficial. If you, if you start a good walking program uh, and you keep it going for a month, uh, you know, uh, weight loss may come, but what you're going to end up seeing is improvements in cardiovascular effects. So uh, you're going to have better flow uh, throughout the rest of your body. Uh, your heart's going to be pumping a little bit better. And then uh, that's also going to increase the amount of energy you're using in the day. So those, you know, what you're eating, uh, it, you're also going to put out as well uh, by walking. And that's a good starting point. And I try and tell people, you know, if they haven't been exercising for a period of time, it's start where you are, not where you were 20 years ago, right? So you're not looking to get back into the gym and run <laughs> an hour straight or 30 minutes straight or lift 100 pounds. You know, you got to start where you are right now. And I think uh, the best way of starting off with an exercise program is, is 30 to 60 minutes of walking two to three times a week. 
um, and then you can slowly build up from there. And that's something you can do with the family too after meals, um, which I think is really important. And that's a good role modeling for parents is, you know, if we're getting out walking, uh, that's also showing your kids that, um, you know, exercise or physical fitness is important to you um, and is something that will be passed down to them. I'm going to ask a Cobb question because he always does these smart things. So, first of all, starting out, you're a pregnant woman, your nutrition, and then what do you do when your baby's born and the first year of the baby's life? Because it shocks me sometimes. I saw an 81-pound 80, six-year-old once. Whoa. And uh, I just saw in the clinic a 181-pound 11-year-old. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how they got there. Or start out with pregnancy and then tell us how to take care of your babies cause, and little kids. Because it seems to me that that start is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, start definitely is a big deal. Um, you know, I think... Um, if you're not taking care of yourself when you're pregnant, if you're not eating healthy and whatnot, that could potentially lead to um, some adverse outcomes as far as pregnancy goes. Um, you could potentially see gestational diabetes. You could see high blood pressure during, um, during pregnancy. And all that's getting passed down to the baby as well. So uh, in uh, ladies who, you know, have higher blood sugars throughout pregnancy, typically end up having um, higher birth weights, uh, which can lead to adverse outcomes during birth, um, and then potentially set them up for, um, you know, uh, bad health outcomes um, as they grow up. Um, and so I think, you know, nutrition is important when you're pregnant, um, and continuing to eat a balanced diet is important. You know, like I was, I was telling you, Dr. Trotter in the car, <laughs> if you're eating 16 out of 21 meals a week, so uh, the way I like to think about it is I've got 21 meals in a week, 80% of those are pretty good, then I can allow myself uh, some donuts here and there, or in and out once in a while, right? Uh, but not certainly the majority of the meals. And so, you know, during pregnancy, uh, I have heard that there are cravings, uh, so don't, don't limit yourself on the cravings, but just think about as far as a balanced diet during that. And then, you know, once they're a baby, um, you know, there are a lot of great formulas out there, but breast milk is uh, tried and true. It's been around since uh, <laughs> since uh, humans were around, and uh, it's what we need as far as uh, nutrition goes. Obviously, there's uh, some supplements that are needed as well, so vitamin D um, is needed if uh, a baby is just uh, fed by breast milk. Um, not getting as much sun when you're when you're initially born and so uh you know i think breastfeeding for the first year is really important and then starting to introduce foods um around six months or so once once the baby shows interest and those are you know uh, nice fine chopped up foods that uh the baby can't choke on but really introducing them to a variety of foods at that point can help set them up for success and then, you know, more in the toddler years, kids are a little bit more, uh, they have a really good um, insight, <laughs> uh, this internal insight into when they're hungry. And so, you know, not forcing them to finish their meals if they're not hungry, I think is really important at that time. They know uh, much better than we do as adults uh, how much they should be eating and whatnot. So as long as you're putting good, healthy meals in front of them, like I said, that are 
you know, more two-thirds fruits and vegetables, uh, maybe a lean protein, um, you're setting them up for success, and they'll eat what they can eat off of that. Um, certainly not pushing them to finish it um, if, if they say they're full. Um, then I think the other thing is offering good snacks throughout childhood. So, um, you know, um, role modeling uh, is something that I was talking to you about in the car. So throughout childhood, kind of when kids are coming home, um, you know, having accessible fruits and vegetables for them that they like, easy to grab snacks for them that are high in nutrient, low in calories. So, uh, you know, if they're going and grabbing a bag of goldfish every day, um, that's going to be around 600 calories just in that bag of goldfish. And they taste delicious. I love goldfish, but uh, they certainly don't have the nutrient value that cutting up an apple and placing it in front of them um, uh, would have for them. And, uh, you know, I think there's, I was chatting with you about, um, kind of a couple studies with high school students that if you offer kids, you know, healthy meals and make them kind of front and center, healthy snacks and make them front and center, they'll choose those, uh, snacks. Um, so they did a study where they placed fruits and vegetables more at the front in the cafeteria in front of these higher energy, um, snacks such as like donuts or crackers or whatnot the kids actually wanted to grab those if they were front and center but if you make it further in the back uh they weren't grabbing those fruits and vegetables as much which i think is really interesting so if we just tuned in here you're listening to kzyx radio this is the mind body health show with your host dr marvin trotter my name is cobb i'm engineering in the studio our guest today is dr charles baugh he's a resident with the Adventist Health Ukiah Valley Residency Program, and we're focusing in on nutrition and talking about childhood obesity and the effect nutrition has on our overall health. We're going to open up the phone lines for listener questions in a little while, and to give that number out now, the number to call into the studio with your question for our guest is 707-895-2448. That's seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Can get you in with a question, especially about nutrition. My my question to you is the psychology of all this, and the easiest thing. I had to give up uh, vanilla ice cream at night. I ate more vanilla ice cream than I thought was you know reasonable, so I don't buy it, and that makes a big difference. But you're going through the store. You know, all the fruit and vegetables are in over in one section, but you go to check out, and the candy section is next to the checkout line. I just want you to know. Yeah. You know, but what is the psychology to this? Because everybody says they want to be healthier, but why is it such a difficult thing psychological? Oh, you know, that's... I mean, maybe that's too broad a question. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a pretty broad question, but, I you know, I think that... Um, we all live pretty busy lives and you know sometimes thinking about cooking at the end of the day can just be like one of the biggest hills to overcome right um so i think part of that is the amount of energy that goes into planning a healthy diet right like it's much more difficult to cut up an apple than it is to just grab open that chip bag right um and so i think there are a lot of things at play as far as the psychology of it goes um that you know i can't answer for each individual but 
Um, I think that when you're looking at those higher energy uh, foods, they're much easier to prepare um, and they're much easier to kind of grab right off the shelf and eat right away, right? Uh, whereas with fruit, you got to slice it, you got to dice it, all those things. Um, the other thing is the psychology of advertising. <laughs> um, you know, you don't see very many advertisements for a banana or an apple on TV as far as commercials go um, that aren't as appealing as that Snickers uh, commercial. You know, if you're hungry, grab a Snickers, and that solves all your problems in that minute. I'm sure it solves your problems in that minute, but an hour you're going to feel the sugar crash, and then you're going <laughs> to... Um, so I think, you know, there's a lot of things as far as... Um, money goes as far as advertising as well that plays into that psychology so my question would be you know if if making these choices is a challenge not to mention the fact that having access to a varied diet can be somewhat of a, a privilege mm -hmm. it's a very modern experience to have so many choices mm -hmm. what would you say are some kind of like hinge fruits and vegetables like if i'm not gonna have a varied diet necessarily mm -hmm. what are some of the best go-to items that kind of have a well-rounded nutritional value yeah so um you know i think i think any variety of fruits bananas would be fantastic apples those are kind of the go-to kind of american fruits if you can grab those eat those in the morning uh, i think those are phenomenal you know if you want to add some berries on top of your cereal um that's always fantastic as well. Something that I think is really easy grab and go if you don't have time to make a salad are the grab and go salad bags. Um, you know, I think they're around like two ninety nine, but they're already a pre made salad and they feed I think anywhere from two to three people in the evening, right? So that's a really easy way just to start off by increasing salads in your in your family's dinners is by grabbing those pre made ones. Um, and you know that's a serving of vegetables right there if you if you parse it out between a family of three there so salad greens even pre prepackaged mixed greens yeah prepackaged mixed apples. greens apples apples bananas uh yeah eggplant you said was uh... eggplant's phenomenal but you got to cook it right um that's where part of uh some of these cooking lessons would come in, <laughs> in handy is uh you know nobody just wants to eat eggplant raw uh, you got to find a good recipe for that. So, well, we got a caller. Uh, go ahead with your question. You're live on the radio. Oh, thank you. My name's Tracy. I live in St. Helena, but I'm driving to Philo right now to visit the apple farm. Um, thank you for your topic today. I'm happy to take my answer off the offline, but I'd like your guest to address the. Um, content of food enhancers in packaged food like why the goldfish tastes so good and are um, a little bit addictive and good if we question. could educate families about food enhancement that happens in a laboratory that goes into the pouch food or the helper hamburger helper food it makes you really want to eat more <laughs> and um, it question. might not be the healthiest when if you have the time you could make the same kind of dish from your refrigerator ingredients without all the food enhancement thank you does that make sense 
Yeah. 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 Thank you so much. No, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I think uh, as far as the food enhancement goes, you have uh, individuals who have been working in laboratories in, uh, you know, food science for years that are uh, working on just getting these meals to taste just right and savory. Um, and so uh, they kind of have it dialed to a T on um on uh what's going to taste the best you know they put multiple people through all these taste testings and uh and they've got all the chemicals uh for the food enhancement and these are all just artificial chemicals that they make that make your mouth um want more goldfish (laughs) you know i can't i can't speak uh, because i'm not in the lab making them but um yeah i think that's kind of at the end of the day is uh you know they're trying to get their product to taste the best and also as far as um you know, uh, quality goes, quality control. They want all of them to taste the same throughout there. So, okay. It sounds like what we're all doing is recognizing that there's a bit of a additional challenge in modern times with the way, you know, our economic system and the profit margin driver is an added challenge to making healthy decisions. Yeah, no matter we, what. we subsidize with tax money high fructose corn syrup, right. but we don't subsidize fruits or vegetables. Right. It's crazy. So we have another caller. Welcome to Mind Body Health. You're live on the radio. So I just I had a comment and a question. So my comment is is that I think we all know that eating fruits and vegetables and getting exercise regularly is great for health. I think we've all been kind of taught that throughout school. Um, I mean, I can speak to that, but I was also you know raised poor, and I think that that really contributes to not having healthy eating habits because it's hard to prioritize eating healthy if you're worried about keeping your job or keeping housing or any of the other issues that take precedence that it's easier to just eat whatever you can when you can, especially if you're working multiple jobs. Um, But my question would be, especially for this county, there's a lot of people that deal with houselessness and they don't have places to live. They don't have places to cook what can people do? They can't store food. So I'll take my, que- my question off the air. Thank you. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a really important point that you brought up. Um, you know, there is definitely socioeconomic disparities at play with, um, you know, um, as far as the obesity epidemic goes. And, uh, you know, that, that isn't lost on me, um, that these are real issues. Um, and, you know, I think... Um, it is definitely easier to make that choice uh, when when you don't have as much money to to buy a cheaper high calorie food and you know all you're worried about is just getting food in for the day Um, so some healthier alternatives that I would say and that are cheaper is you know uh, going back to frozen fruits and vegetables uh, uh, frozen fruits uh, I would say are a little bit more expensive right now but if you look at like kind of pound per price compared to raw fruits it's a little bit cheaper um, additionally canned vegetables um, are a good alternative as well and uh, you know it's um, it is cheaper um, but it's certainly not going to solve the problem right and as far as individuals that are struggling with um, with low income and difficulty putting food on the table you know i in mendocino county i'm relatively new here so i don't know 
as many of the as many of the programs that are offered there. Um, but I, I do believe that there is uh, meals that you can pick up at the high school. Is that correct? There's a program for that. Yes, and also the farmers markets mm-hmm. and public health provide a lot of food stamps, and you can get coupons to to buy at the farmers markets. Mm-hmm. But I think that she makes a good point about the food deserts you were talking about earlier, yeah. and how more difficult that is rather than just driving through a fast food restaurant. Yeah, it seems relevant to just recognize the privilege with having a healthy diet. Mm-hmm. Um, when you talk canned vegetables, it's generally well known they're often high in sodium, so that's something mm-hmm. to look for is canned vegetables and fruit options that are low in sodium, right? Mm-hmm. Low in sodium and a little bit lower in sugar, so I know that they do offer reduced sodium and reduced sugar as far as vegetables or as far as fruits go. But that's well. like if someone doesn't have the option to preserve things, there's that. Yep. Uh, frozen. I know for myself, if I have a cooler available, sometimes I'll buy frozen options because they, in a way, they're helping to preserve what I have with that frozenness that comes with them initially. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, as far as raw fruits and vegetables go, you mentioned apples, even prepackaged salad. Uh, what other go-to, you know, someone's got to jump to work. You mentioned bananas. Are there any other kind of hinging fruits or vegetables uh, that think, come to mind for you? I think it's all really, like, <laughs> you know, these choice. are kind of more individual, like, palate choices, right? right. Um, you know, dried fruits. Is there any that are better than others as far as nutrition goes? Um, yeah, there definitely are. So, like I was saying, if you if you're looking on the back of dried fruit package label, you got to look at uh, grams of sugar uh, on there. Added grams of sugar. Yeah, added grams of sugar. So, uh, like I said, those mangoes that uh, you like buying, if they're covered in sugar. Uh, that's that's something that you're going to want to avoid, uh, especially with the added sugars. But, you know, uh, you can get certainly dried raw mangoes that are good. They've got some vitamin C in them. Um, and they also have the fiber content that you're looking for as well. You got another caller? Okay. Welcome to Mind Body Health. Go ahead with your question. Uh, ironically, you've, just in the last minute or two you've covered some of the things i I was going to advocate for frozen vegetables they're they're very easy to prepare in a hurry in the evening um and have most of the nutrition of the of the fresh uh and um it seems to me you have to keep in mind that people who work hard are looking for nutrient density you know the the fat in the snack foods is a big draw because it satisfies uh the basic craving. I mean, calories are denigrated in our society, but they're actually, in some ways, they're the point of eating. That's the basic form of nutrition is calories. Okay, let's see what he has. Let's see what Dr. Paul has to say about that. Okay. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. The calories are are what you need to keep the machine running. Um, So, just to transition over... If you just tuned in, it's KZYX Radio, it's Mind Body Health, your host is Dr. Marvin Trotter, our guest right now is Dr. Charles Baugh, uh, he's a resident at the Adventist Health Ukiah Valley Medical Program, and we're focusing in on nutrition, and 
yeah, we've been talking about fruits and vegetables. Can you address, you know, protein sources both for vegetarian diets and meeting the eating diets? And what are some go-to options there that you think about? Yeah, so, um, you know, if you're just thinking kind of meat-eating diet, so this is what I think about most of the time for myself. Um, so try and go with, uh, you know, white chicken, uh, chicken breast, ones that I can buy in larger packs that are, are a little bit cheaper there. I can freeze for, for use um, later on. So always trying to go with um, white uh, chicken breast there. And then also, like... Why? Like, a as opposed lower, to what? A little what? bit lower in fat and a little bit... That's pro the primary reason is lower in fat content. So you're getting more high protein out of that. Um, and then additionally, fish. Um, so I always uh, try and have at least one meal a week that has fish in it. So salmon is a great option. Um, you know, any white fish is relatively cheaper and you can prepare in a variety of ways. Uh, you know, minus halibut. Halibut's a little bit more expensive, but rockfish, codfish. Uh, you know, you can prep uh, relatively any way you want that you can find a good recipe that's palatable for you. And, you know, cod, I think, is anywhere from three ninety nine a pound or whatnot. So, um, you know, a little bit cheaper of a fish option there. Um, as far as meats go, you're looking for leaner steaks if you are going to eat steak. Um, and so those are kind of the three that I stick to is chicken, fish, and then occasionally a steak there. Um, as far as vegetables go, uh, you know, beans, a variety of beans have a good protein source. Uh, mushrooms are a good protein source as well. Um, and then I believe eggplant is actually a pretty good protein source as well as far as How protein content. canned beans? Canned beans, yeah. I, I think they're phenomenal. Great. That's Yeah. I mean, that's what I use to prep my food, so... Got it. I'm not prepping beans from the get-go. That takes too long. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's go with another caller. Welcome to Mind Body Health. You're live on the radio. Good morning. I was calling to see if I just had a my wife just had a baby about a week ago. I was calling to see if you could recommend any good nutrition stuff for breastfeeding that's gonna a produce a little bit more milk and b give a little bit more nutrients to a newborn baby. Thank you for the topic. Talk to you later. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. So you know, I think. Um, as far as breast milk production goes, uh, that's something that is going to come in with a little bit of time there. It takes about a week or so for breast milk to reach its full production there. Yeah. Um, the first couple days can definitely be trialing, uh, especially uh, you're producing kind of more of what's known as colostrum um, breast milk. And so it's uh, much more high calorie and uh, low fluid volume compared to breast milk uh, that is going to come in in a week's time or so. Um, as far as breast milk production, you know, I can't answer that question as well for you, but uh, as far as nutrient values, again, eating a balanced uh, diet it, uh, for your wife is, is going to be good for the baby. Pass a lot of nutrients through that way as well. Okay. I have a question. So I'm going to go eat at a fast food restaurant, and I was told that the downside of everything that kids eat are, are french fries and cheese. Um, but most of the fast food restaurants you go into now d does have some healthier uh, 
you know, choices than others. Um, how do you see if you had to go to uh, drive through? What would you? Uh, I you know, mean, is Taco Bell better because <laughs> you can get? Uh, you know, I don't uh, know. Are they all just pretty much bad? You know, um, I think some have better options than others. Um, you know, the, the the fruit options certainly at McDonald's are not appeasing. No. Uh, those plastic no, apple no, wrapped no, no, <laughs> whatnot no, 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 no. are they're not no. great. But you know, I think if you're looking at fast food, um, probably going with your one-off locally sourced chains are better. So like up in up in Oregon, there's Burgerville. Uh, you okay. know, they get everything local. Oh, uh, really? At least within the Pacific Northwest, a little bit healthier as far as some of the, like how the beef is raised, things like that. I don't know. You know, for me personally, you're not going to a fast food restaurant for a salad. Um, but Taco Bell definitely does have some more salads if you're looking at that uh, and trying to make a healthier option. Um, but in general, you should go through fast foods only once a week. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> I would say, you know, uh, like I said, kind of the rule of thumb for me is I try and parse it out as 21 meals a week. Um, again, if 80% of those are okay, then you can allow yourself... Uh, a cheap meal here and there and going through fast food i think is okay it's a nice savory meal you got to make it through life and uh, <laughs> enjoy some things here but and really there. only once a week but so as far as um mind body health goes if you have a question for our guest again the number to call in to the studio is 707-895-2448 and you can call in and ask a question of our guest um, you talked a little bit about meat choices. What about uh, cheese? Because cheese is something well known that keeps, you know, even at room temperature, its preservability. I mean, that's kind of the, been the evolutionary point of cheeses in a lot of way and fermented foods and so forth. Mm -hmm. So what do you know about nutrition and how they intersect with Cheese, yeah. Oh, that's a that's a good question. Um, you know, I think as far as cheeses go, I think if you're looking at um, if you're not buying the plastic, <laughs> the plastic craft cheese, uh, then I think you know if you're looking at a cheddar option, pepper jack, I, I think they all relatively have similar nutrient values as far as calcium goes. Uh, if you're not much of a big milk drinker, cheese is a good place to get calcium. Again, you've got uh, issues if you're lactose intolerant. I probably wouldn't recommend cheese as much. Um, but, you know, I think if you're, if you're buying cheese, I, I would just stay away from, from the plastic fake cheese uh, <laughs> primarily. Uh, okay. That one is really high in calories, doesn't have as much uh, calcium, I believe, in it, and uh, not as good for you. When you say plastic <laughs> fake, what do you mean, like, if someone's looking at the ingredients list? So, gosh, what is the uh, what are the individual cheese slice? Yeah, you know what the I'm American, talking about. Yeah, um, yeah, I can't remember the name of it. Slice cheese, they're in little plastic slices. Yeah, get get a, get a block of cheese. I think that's fine. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not the biggest uh, uh, milk or uh, cheese fan myself, uh, and. Uh, I think you can get a lot of calcium out of other sources, um, like, uh, you know, substitutes like almond milk and uh, oat milk and whatnot. Um, but so I actually don't know as much about cheese. I'm going to be honest with you there. Okay. And what about 
uh, nutrition as far as vitamins and minerals go? You mentioned calcium. Uh, we all get trained, you know, have a vitamin C pill. <laughs> what are some of the key nutrients that, whether or not someone's aware of what their diet is specifically, that might be supplemental that they want to pay attention to and make sure they yeah. get one way or another? Yeah, so... Um, you know, I definitely think that um, if you're eating a pretty balanced diet, if you're eating, you know, like breads that we talked about that are enriched, uh, you're, you're getting a pretty good amount of the vitamins and minerals that you need. Um, if you've got a couple fruits and vegetables in there, you're getting the vitamins and minerals that you need. Um, you know, I think the primary important mineral or vitamins, uh, especially for um families that are looking to have another baby is uh you know the b vitamins those are the ones that are going to be really important for neurodevelopment and uh, uh, making sure that you're getting enough of those and also taking a good prenatal vitamin uh it's got those b vitamins in it and it also um has a couple other nutrients that are, are really important for uh prior to pregnancy in the first six to ten weeks of pregnancy there mm -hmm. Are there any regular food choices that are particularly high in B vitamins? Uh, B vitamins, so variety of foods as far as B vitamins go. Um, you know, you've got proteins are um, a good source, and then also um, just a mix of fruits and vegetables as well. Yeah. It's it's fascinating to me. We've talked for this long, and it really comes back to fruits and vegetables. We are so pointed with advertisements <laughs> to packaged yeah. foods and meats, yeah. when really the basis of everything you say is good fruits and vegetables. Yeah, uh, you know they they you know I think there are a lot of nutrient supplements out there, but if you are eating around two or three a day. You're going to get a good variety of nutrients and minerals that you need. Um, easiest way to go. Okay, and we have another caller. Welcome to Mind Body Health. Go ahead with your question. Um, thank you. I was wondering about the information about eating right for your blood type. Do you have any, hmm. have you heard of that or do you have any information about that? Yes. So I have heard of the diet. Um, you know, I think as far as diets go, um, those are kind of going to be more individual choices. I think it's, um, I don't know too many details about the eating right for your blood type uh, diet, but, you know, if it's a diet that is going to get you a variety of foods, um, it's going to be pretty well-rounded, uh, you know, high in fiber, uh, has a good variety again of fruits and vegetables has a good variety of healthy meats there um, and isn't a restrictive diet uh, as far as calories go uh, telling you to only eat around 1400 or 1200 calories for x amount of days then if you feel like it's a good diet for you um, by all means uh, i think you you can try it welcome to mind body health go ahead with your question uh hi I had a comment and a question. First of all, thanks for the program. It's great. Um, secondly, I was kind of shocked that four years of medical school with Marvin and uh, four years there was only one nutrition course with a new doctor, which is kind of shocking. Shocking. But uh, the, one of the questions was earlier in the program you'd mentioned that buying organic foods, you made some comment like, you know, don't bother 
if you can't afford it to buy organic foods because they're you know four ninety nine a pound or whatever. But as far as I'm concerned, and anything everything I've studied is it's I won't eat non organic foods anymore, and I think it's well worth the extra cash for the um, you know for what you're getting in the avoidance of pesticides and herbicides. So I'd like you to comment on organic versus non organic. And the second question was. You mentioned salmon's a great food to eat, and I totally agree with you, but I, I would like it, if you could make a distinction between wild salmon and farm salmon, because from what I can tell, farm salmon is definitely not good for you and really terrible for the good, environment good and questions. all the dyes they pump into it and all that. Right. So, Anyway, thanks for your program, and I'll take my answers uh, on the radio. Yeah, what was uh, what was the first question there again? Guys? It was about organic, organic bananas. Versus, I buy organic uh, bananas. And well, organic you know, versus non-organic, non-organic choices. Organic. Yeah, you know, I I understand where you're coming from as far as uh, pesticides and how they're grown and whatnot. But I think if you're really having to make the decision between um, buying any of those and cost, and you're really pressed for money that I'm going to advise somebody to go with um, what they can afford. Um, and, you know, I understand where you're coming from on, on how they're grown. Um, and it probably is overall a healthier option for you and for the environment. But uh, just looking at the individual, if we are struggling as far as uh, money goes um, and you're having to make a choice, then I think non-organic is, is okay. So we're coming up near the end of our hour, and if we're talking childhood obesity, what are the the major causes and some of the major hinge points as far as choice changes? I mean, you mentioned it's been clear, more fruits and vegetables, mm-hmm. but like, what's ultimately driving the childhood obesity, and what are the major simple changes that can be recognized and, and worked on? Yeah, so, um, you know, obviously there is uh, some genetics at play behind the scenes, uh, so not every individual is going to be the same. I'm, uh, I will throw that out there. Uh, but I think some of the major driving forces, again, are these high-calorie diets um, that have artificial sweeteners in them. So um, I think uh, sweetened beverages, uh, you know, artificially sweetened foods, uh, like we talked about, those enriched foods um, that have a what, lot of food. What are artificial things. sweeteners? Artificial sweeteners like uh, high fructose corn syrup. Okay. Uh, so any stay, staying away from sodas, I think, is a great option for kids. Uh, again, uh, you know, if it's Friday night and they have a friend over, I think it's okay to have one soda. But for the most part, is you know, no sodas throughout the week. Uh, those have a lot of excess sugars in them. Um, Trying to stick to more raw, uh, raw foods, uh, staying away from high calorie crackers, cookies, um, foods like that, I think are really important. Additionally, um, you know, I think getting outside and playing and activity is a huge thing. And I think that's something that we haven't been able to do as much in the last year and a half, which is why I think we're seeing weights going up in, in uh, child age kids here, uh, or school age kids here. So I think, you know, limiting screen time uh, to, you know, 60 minutes a day outside of school. Uh, I know a lot of kids have to be on it for school at this time, but we can limit the amount of time that we're on that. And if we can encourage them to get uh, 30 to 60 minutes of activity prior to using that screen uh, 
for you know leisurely activities i think is really important getting out playing with friends I'm. Um, you bring up a subject that's uh, close to my heart, in that I want to see Mendocino County having soccer fields at every elementary school. Um, kids like to kick the ball, and you know we have all this money, and we need to have kids more active. And the way to do it is to make it part of their daily lives at school. The other thing I'll say, and I'll stop, is I don't eat um, salmon that's been raised in some pen out in the water that they dump a bunch of chemicals on. <laughs> I just eat the fresh salmon. Wild caught, if possible, versus right. farmed right. foods. Yeah. Okay, so if I got this right, um, starting early on, uh, kids allow them to control their own portions, correct? Mm-hmm. As long uh, as you're offering them, you know, healthy options, and you got a plate of food in front of them, uh, they can, they can kind of choose when they're when they're full. And uh, healthy is is going targeting two to two thirds of a plate is about fruits and vegetables. You said, yep, yep, or and whole grains. Um, whole so, grains. Yep. Uh, so Given a quick example of a good whole grain choice. A uh, good whole grain choice, I would say, is. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm blanking off the top of my ha. head here. Yeah, high in fiber. the spot. Yeah. Uh, high fiber, I would say, that you could use is uh, like beans as well. They're always great. Um, Everybody says beans is one. Every nutritionist you talk to, beans is great and cheese isn't so good. Before we stop, I want to introduce Charles Baugh to you as a family resident program. And call 463-7495, 463-7495, and you can have him as your physician for the next three years, hopefully longer if we can keep him in California. But I think that, you know, particularly if you have uh, children, I think Dr. Baugh is an excellent resource for you, 463-7495. Thanks for being here, Dr. Charles Baugh. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Hopefully uh, this was beneficial for all the listeners, and I hope... Uh, we got some good things out of it. So. Okay, so we have about a minute to go. It's been the Mind Body Health Show. Thanks again to Dr. Charles Baugh, and we got time for one last very relevant question. Weigh in on Halloween candy. How much? <laughs> how do they? How do they face it out? What's the one to go for? What to throw out? Quick. What to throw out? Oh man. Uh, how much? You know, let let your kids enjoy it over time. Not all at once. Uh, you know, use it use it as bargaining chips over the next couple weeks here. Uh, you know, personally, if it was me, I'd say eat the sour candies. But that's just because I like the sour candies. So. Okay. Uh, candy corn, huh? Do you uh, eat it in nibbles or the whole thing at once? That's do the you big eat question. it at all, Marvin? No. <laughs> okay, okay, so if you were calling in and you didn't get through, um, you know, keep that number for all our public affairs shows, 707-895-2448. Um, when you have a question, uh, one of the benefits of radio is it's often live. And thank you to Cobb and KZOAX. We had a successful fundraising drive, and it makes a big difference. Right. You can call the station at 707-895-2324 and become a member if you'd like. We hope you've enjoyed today's program of Mind Body Health.
This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.